Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are both very excited to be talking to you about part two in our Predator series, Predator 2. Los Angeles, 1997. It's the hottest summer on record. Pollution is choking the city. The gangs control the streets. It has not been a nice day! As bad as things are, they're about to get worse. Much worse. Whoever killed him is gonna pay. I'm gonna finish it. It has almost no weight. But it cuts like steel. Incredible. Whoever did this took out four men armed with machine guns by hand. You don't know what you're dealing with. Other world life forms drawn by heat and conflict. He's on safari. Lions. Tigers. The bears. Oh my. Danny Glover. Gary Busey. Ruben Blades. Maria Conchita Alonso. Bill Paxton. Predator 2. He's in town with a few days to kill this Thanksgiving. Shit happens. 
Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do. So this was a 1990 film. And the synopsis is Los Angeles is enduring a heat wave and a crime wave. So the pressure on police officer Michael Harrigan, Danny Glover, to solve a strange string of murders is mounting. Harrigan thinks the culprit can be found among the warring gangs and drug cartels. But FBI special agent Peter Keyes, Gary Busey, knows the horrible truth. Their killer is a fearsome extraterrestrial with keen hunting abilities that include superior night vision and the power to make itself invisible. And in addition to Danny Glover and Gary Busey, uh, it also has Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonzo, and Bill Paxton. So what, what did you think of this? And what is your history with this movie? Have you seen it before? I think I saw it when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've seen it since. That's pretty much the same for me. Yeah. So I went first last time. And of course, we spoil these films, but it's been out since 1990. Um, last episode, we talked about Prey, which is a new addition to the Predator franchise, which we both thought was really fresh. It's on Hulu, and we recommended that. Um, but now we're going to talk about Predator 2. We kind of skipped the original Predator just because it's a cult classic at this point. I mean, I think people love that movie if that's what you're into and there's been a lot of talk about it so we didn't feel necessary to revisit that right but predator 2 danny glover gary Busey, (laughs) yeah let's talk about it what did you think so uh yeah my i saw that i did not see this in the theater i didn't see the original predator in the theater either um but I saw this sometime on home video, you know, 90, 1990 or 1991 or or whenever it came out. And my memory of this was not liking it very much. Um, I remembered very little about it other than just that Danny Glover and Gary Busey were in it. I didn't even remember that Bill Paxton was in it at all. Um, watching it this time, I, I thought this was really great. <laughs> it's, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. It's funny because I was checking the box office numbers on it and it was a big flop, which I didn't realize Um, because I think it's viewed now as a pretty decent film. You know, I think kind of the consensus among, you know, most people is the original is the best one. This is kind of pre prey, um, but that this second one was a pretty is pretty good and the rest are not great. Um, But it only it was a 35 million dollar budget which is about 75 million today and it only made 30 million which is like 65 million today and i don't know i i I, i'm just guessing it was because arnold didn't come back and you know people wanted to see arnold but i think that you know one of the things that this movie does is you know, one of the kind of unwritten rules of sequels is to be bigger. And we talked about this in the in the Prey episode that the original Predator film is a pretty small, simple film. And this is much bigger, you know, part of just the fact that you have kind of the city of Los Angeles to to, uh, you know, play around in. But it starts out with this huge battle you know, these gangs are just rampant and there's just like this massive shootout in the streets. Right. And uh, 
you know, it's like they can't do anything about these these drug gangs or whatever. And I texted you, you know, I had just started watching it and I said, you know, this is what Fox News says that L.A. is now, you know, it's just like, you know, rampant crime everywhere, you know. But and uh, we should say this was um, it was a 1990 film, but it takes place in 1997. So it's supposed to be a near future sure. uh, vision. Uh and you know, as I said in the synopsis, there's this heat wave. There's no, there's never really any explanation for that, is there? Right, right. I mean, I, I don't. They didn't say anything about global warming or anything like that. No. But I don't really know exactly what the point of the heat wave is, as far as it doesn't really add anything to the story. And it's just everybody's just sweaty all the time. You know, Danny Glover just has all throughout the movie. There's just sweat just dripping off of his face and well, everybody's sweating it, through their clothes. I think it ratchets up the tension, right? I mean, yeah. you know what it's like during a heat wave. Yeah, yeah. On edge and and that true set in. I mean, I remember that that first scene made me think of uh, Dread. <laughs> like, uh -huh, yeah. So altered by the gangs have taken over everything and the cops are underfunded and. The police station is just mobbed with the, the police station is like a barroom fight. Like in uh, we recently did uh, the quick and the dead and there's like a barroom brawl in there. Mm -hmm. And wait, am I thinking of the wrong? I don't know what I'm thinking of. Anyway, you know, it's a trope in the Western. The, the piano player keeps playing while there's mm -hmm. this big melee fight going on. Uh, and, and it just felt like. That was the police station. And I thought, well, this is what they thought LA was give you like in seven years in 1990. Mm -hmm. It makes me think, oh, so the movie, um, what well, the one with the teachers that they bring in the basically the Terminator robots. The yeah, the one we it was uh class of 1999. Class of 1999. Like they just thought things were getting so bad that within the next five to ten years, they were gonna collapse into this absolute chaos of like open murder in public school hallways and then that was just there what nothing could be done because everything's out of control and i thought robocop was the same kind of thing you know it was a big trope of the 80s and 90s is exactly. that we were just going to descend into law lawlessness you know right society's collapsing and the only thing that will save us is a sentient robot that turns out to be evil um, and, and so there was a little, there's a part of me that looking back on it, I thought that was kind of fun and quaint mm -hmm. being like, <laughs> I mean, things have gotten worse in terms of the environment and stuff like that, but society has not collapsed in that way into open warfare in the street. Right. Yeah. But um, I thought, I thought as a setting, like if you think about the original alien movie and then a sequel to it, aliens, you take a single alien, it's the monster in the dark, which is really very similar to the first Predator, except it's mm -hmm. a monster in the jungle. And then, so they had a very successful second film, which is like, oh, now it's more of an action movie. It's more of a war movie. There are, there's a team of aliens. Now it's our team versus their team. And we have a little more, the playing field is a little more level. We have more advanced weapons. You know, we're approaching, they don't know we're coming per se, but we're not they don't have the element of surprise on us i mean it turns out they do but uh so so i think this is a is an attempt to escalate in a similar way you take you take one predator still one predator but you change the environment to be the concrete jungle mm -hmm. 
where there's lots and lots of other players involved. And it's uh, from the very beginning, the predator zeroes in on our hero as a sort of a unique Right. You see the mm-hmm. predator vision is always following Danny Glover, Danny Glover being a sort of a super cop and a, a, and simultaneously a wound too tight, hard boiled, mm-hmm. like. You know, he has the, the chief of police or the commissioner of police or whatever is this very military, very hard boiled, you know. <laughs> My favorite thing about this movie is, is what a hard ass everybody is. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like capital h hard ass like you ain't gonna take me down a stand down soldier <laughs> they're just all barking at each other they're right a nose to nose everybody is like don't push me i'll push you i want to push you kind of except for bill paxton who this, yeah, who's guy, who's this guy is just joking all the time this goofy guy you know yeah but um, he is he is his energy is very like like there's a there's a news guy and he keeps being like, oh, don't worry about it. public relations is my specialty. And then he basically goes and like twists the guy's arm behind his back and and the houses him away. And he's always saying, oh, it's my specialty. It's super coked up. Like it's like super high octane mm-hmm. um, testosterone and machismo. And even the, you know, the Latina female has <laughs> got the machismo out the wazoo and you're like, oh, no. He, he hits on her. Bill Paxton hits on her first time he meets her and everybody lines up at the window and they're shooting these gleeful looks at each other like, oh, what's she going to do? She, she grabs him by the nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And like high-fiving, paying each other off in bets. It's a super duper, you know, like crazy coming out the ears macho vision of an action movie, which I feel like during that time was the was the mode right Mm -hmm. like everybody and like you think this guy's a badass wait till you meet his boss now Mm -hmm. that guy's about who then then the the helicopter shows up and it's like oh it's the boss's boss and he's got like muscles on top of his muscles (laughs) (laughs) what is happening um and i i don't know looking back on that i i think i thought that element of it was really entertaining because all the drug people are literally coked up Oh yeah, they're Starting, literally they're having, having a shootout and they're like, yeah. yeah, they're snorting coke like while they're having the shootout. Yeah, you know? Uozi in each hand, right? And you just like, whoa. There's a lot of neat uh I mean the I thought the look of this film was great. I mean, it's it 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 looks big, it looks expensive. You know, even by today's standards, it uh uh, you know, there's there's one scene in the film where uh, the so it's like a, um, the this kind of main drug gang. They're like Jamaican or something or or there's two. yeah, there's this uh, there's scorpion or the scorpions. That's a it's a Latin gang, whether it's Mexican or Colombian, I'm not sure. And then there are the the Rastafarians that are. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't be Jamaican because they are like into voodoo so they're probably oh, from haiti you know yeah, something I, don't, like that. I don't remember but there's one scene where they bust into this guy's uh the you know those guys bust into this other drug dealer's uh penthouse apartment and it's just this crazy like almost looks like the aztecs or something he has these big columns that look yeah. like you know aztec architecture or something so there's a lot it's just a 
especially early on, it kind of gets away from this a little bit, but early on, it's just like, wow, this film was just written by cocaine, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, they they break it. It's this huge 80s, like he's the head of the drug cartel and he lives in this palatial penthouse apartment in some building in LA that I don't know. But you're right, the design, I mean, it's got like 35, 40 foot ceilings or something. Mm -hmm. like, what? Yeah. And he's got this huge bed with like black silk sheets and he and his girlfriend or his wife or whoever she is, they're having this wild, loud sex. Mm -hmm. And then this other drug gang, they break in and they've all got guns and knives and string him up by his hands and they murder him in a ritual way. And, and like wiping blood on him. And they I have mean, candles you're and just like, and stuff. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, then the predator shows up and he starts butchering everybody and he hangs. He like skins him and hangs him up. Yeah. A little like I didn't think the predator did that, but I don't know. There aren't really any super rules. No. In the first one, there's the you know, he would leave guys like hanging in trees skinned. Yeah. I think the, the first whoever the first guy is that gets killed, they find him hanging from a tree yeah. skin. So I think that, you know, they kind of set that up as yeah. a. A thing well, that the predator does it's graphic i mean it's really you know like well mm -hmm. you know um yeah and they make it really hot like the jungle and a lot of continuity that means every single time you shoot you got to make sure everybody's sweat is glistening and that the stains on their clothing are consistent like it's a real headache being like oh wow we're gonna shoot in 100 degree weather okay okay and and Danny Glover is more or less, you know, he's pretty much playing the role from right. uh, from Lethal Weapon. And you brought up the but amped up. I think he's amped yeah. up. Like he really has, especially when his friends and his teammates start getting killed, like he really loses it. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, he is really he's in in Lethal Weapon. It's not that he's incompetent, of course, but he's playing the sort of straight man to um, his crazy partner. Yeah. Partner's the loose cannon. In this one, you feel like he's the guy that has been pushed past his breaking point. And we see Danny Glover breaking. Yeah. You know, and, and disobeying direct orders and going rogue and vigilante and trying to hunt down this killer, which he does, which turns out to be way because at first, they, everyone sort of assumes this is some new player in the drug scene or some escalation, because that's where all of the violence is coming from in this film. It plays a little bit like, I mean, as the audience, we know what's happening, but it plays a little bit almost like a mystery or a detective. I mean, he is a detective, but detective film, you know, and they're the, 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 the characters are trying to figure out who is murdering, you know, all these different people. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then when you bring Gary Busey into it, you know, Gary Busey is being Gary Busey. Um, and, and actually, you know, so he's fun. You, you sent me a clip that I think we must loop into this somehow mm -hmm. of him just being saying what the movie's about with a K. Um, and I'm trying to be like, he must be joking, right? Because what he's saying is so crazy that he must think he's being funny. But it's it's bonkers. I'd say um, it's hard to tell with that guy. But he is he he his character and his performance in this film is very lucid. Like, yeah, uh, it's there's not you don't get the sense of of some rogue whatever, like he's hitting his marks and 
But we find out that his character is kind of overconfident, really, more than anything else. I was going to say mm-hmm. misguided, but they're just overconfident that they can capture this. Because the FBI knows what's going on. They've been tracking, you know, the alien for, and yeah. they basically want, you know, uh, Danny Glover is kind of, he just keeps getting in their way and is screwing up what they're trying to, and eventually they just kidnap him. And they're just like, look, this is what's going on. It's an alien, you know, sit down, shut up and watch us catch the thing. They're yeah. trying to catch it, not kill it because of course they want to use all it. technology as right. weapons. Right. And guess what? It doesn't work out. <laughs> so um, there's another thing that I just want to touch on that, from this, it it happens in all kinds of movies, but it was particularly rife in this era of movies. Is they they have a scene where they go to the tech person, and the tech person uses uh what basically looks like a microwave or a piece of magic technology that like analyzes the doohickey they give them. So in this, it's uh it looks like a kind of a forked spearhead so yeah it's like a spearhead yeah and that the, that the predator has shot and the feds have missed but they spotted when they, so they sneak back in they pry this thing out and they have this scene where they go to i think it's a medical examiner but i don't know i don't remember what yeah what medical examiner would have some kind of crazy advanced um, you know, metallurgical analysis machine but it looks like a microwave and you know they go oh it has almost no weight but it cuts like steel it's like who wrote this <laughs> you know <laughs> and they put it in the microwave right and they type some mumbo jumbo on the keyboard and then there's a screen that comes up that like has it looks like you know there's like horizontal colored bars of the components of what makes it up mm-hmm. and then to the right you know, and they're all different lengths. Like it's, oh, it's got six red and it's got seven green, but it's only got three blue, but it's got nine yellow. And then mm. as each of the little colored bars pops up, it says unknown, 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 unknown. And I thought nobody designs technology like that <laughs> is not a, a graphic user interface. Like mm-hmm. that, there's no technology that's just like, if, if it doesn't know what it is, it doesn't say unknown. Right? <laughs> just, but, but for a one or two second shot that tells the story of like, you take it to the wizard and the wizard does his magic and then tells you, right, what, you know, they look in the fire and an image appears in the fire or they look at the crystal ball and an image appears in the crystal ball. You put it in the microwave and it comes up on the screen. You need something that shows Oh, you know, now science proves it or magic proves it. There isn't, we don't know what this is. This is not from here. Right. And, and it's a plot thing that's used very commonly in movies. And it was used, it was almost necessary in science fiction movies of this age Mm -hmm. where I, and I love it. I love it because as a viewer, I would just would grew up on being like, oh, wow, they put it in the machine and it's an uh, of unknown origin. <laughs> but you'll see it in movies when they're in like in deep space and all of these people, you know, to be the astronaut on this ship, they were the very best of mm. the very best. Right. I mean, these people all understand the physics. They've been in this spaceship for years. And in simulations, right? And they know how all of this technology works. And yet you have to have the expositional scene where they explain what would be obvious to them to each other. Yeah. Benefit, you know? Mm -hmm. 
there's a fair amount of that in in this movie too as they try and figure out <laughs> what's happening with the and i find it super entertaining oh and yeah while it bothered me and now i'm kind of like <laughs> no no tell me explain it to me more yeah uh yeah and so yeah so there's the first half of the movie is more like a detective movie and i actually liked the first half of the movie more than i liked the second half of the movie once it becomes mano a mano i guess that's kind of the third part of the movie where where he he figured they so the predator kills all of keys and his team mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of down to him and danny glover and you know there's a rooftop scene that's vaguely reminiscent of the end of blade runner and you know, ultimately he ends up blowing the thing up and he, there's a ship where he meets other predators. Right. And they toss him a trophy. Right. That is a it's like a an old uh, pistol, like a flintlock pistol that's got some inscription from 17, which West. that tied into prey. Right. Because it was the same year as prey. I, and it, yeah. Right. And it was I, French trappers guns or something. I thought that was pretty neat because yeah. I Again, I didn't remember that happening in this movie. And I thought with Prey, they just completely made up their own thing. But that actually tied into, you know, because it's 1715 in Prey. And so, yeah, it was one of those French trappers, you know. And he uh, took, so I, that the guy in that film took it as a trophy. Yeah. For having killed the Predator, they kind of give him whatever this Earth trophy that they had. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, you deserve this. And that was kind of neat where they, you know, he's he's killed the predator and then, you know, he's in the ship and then all these, you know, first it's the invisibility cloak thing, you know, a bunch of them. And then they, you know, appear and it's like, oh, well, what's he going to do now? There's like a half a dozen or eight or ten of these guys. And it's like, I guess, you know, he uh he killed one of theirs so he gained their respect or whatever you know and so they're not good you know um and i'm not sure that the how that works like the code of honor among yeah you you wouldn't just kill this guy yeah i mean they obviously consider us an inferior species but but even in uh um wasn't there some stuff even in prey like the one scene where she gets caught by the trap and you know the predator by the like bear trap or whatever or the yeah and, i mean you know they don't seem now i'm putting myself in the minds of the predator they don't seem interested in it's kind of not a clean kill you you're know? right well if you're caught in a trap it's not i didn't come here just to kill wolves yeah i came here you know to hunt wolves and part of the excitement is that the wolves can fight back Right. No, I have an invisibility device and like laser all weapons, these weapons right? and things. Yeah. But 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 I draw the line at if the thing's caught in a trap, you know. And so I I think that it sees that that's not really fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's some kind of code of God. I don't know. Whatever. Right. It's a predator movie. We're over. Yeah. The- and that was another thing with the set design. I thought the ship was really cool. I really liked the design of the inside. You know, it's not practical in any way, but it's seemingly because it's like all kind of foggy and red, you know, but it looked the design of it. Was really with cool. Many smoke machines. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so so that was another aspect of uh, of set design that I thought was really like I say, it uh, it looks like an expensive 
film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think so. part of it is that, and I have nothing against Danny Glover. I think Danny Glover is a terrific actor and I like his movies, but I think carrying a movie like this is, is a sort of a unique challenge, you know, and Tom Cruise can carry a movie and Will Smith can carry a movie and, and Schwarzenegger can carry a movie. It's not necessarily about being the best, you know, you don't have to be Meryl Streep as an actor, mm -hmm. carry a movie, but, there's just something about this that you know you don't i i don't feel like danny glover is really i don't know quite what i'm saying it just doesn't it didn't grip me in the same way you know i thought i thought in lethal weapon when when it was a buddy film mm -hmm. and the two had each other to play off of each other that it that he was a much more it's not that he seems impotent i mean he seems uh totally capable of um you know killing the predator and stuff mm -hmm. in terms of like really kind of movie star in your way through as the lead i i felt oh, this it was a little lacking in this somehow do you you know what i'm saying yeah i i understand what you're saying i thought he was fine i mean he didn't really he I, I didn't fine. have any problem with him yeah he was fine but you don't like oh did you see the new movie predator uh yeah, it's got this cool alien and uh and uh you know Arnold Schwarzenegger was fine. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't you gotta be I mean he's he's definitely it's an interesting, you know, and Arnold didn't want to come back and the original director yeah. didn't didn't want to come back. Right. Um and so I, think I that kind was of the right move, actually. I, I think Arnold's instinct on that was probably right. Well, yeah, I mean, it. who knows how it would have done if Arnold would have come, you know, this exact same film, but just with Arnold it, in the it role. It would have made money but just it, on that basis alone, but... Probably, yeah. Um, but you couldn't but, have made this movie. What, Arnold's now a New York, uh, L.A. cop? Like, you, you couldn't yeah. have this... That's true, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't... Dalton, does he show up with keys and he's, like, part of that team? Yeah, when it wouldn't make... It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to have him in the same... Uh, in in the same film but um i kind of wonder it's hard to imagine that they were just like oh arnold won't won't do it our second choice is danny glover you know i, I would have to imagine they probably went they offered it to several other people before it got to danny glover yeah. not that he's not a good actor or anything just that he's so different from arnold and that you know he's not a bodybuilder guy yeah. and you know even though he was in a huge action franchise yeah He's not an action star in the same way. He's not oh, a, but I think he's not I mean, an Arnold or like a Stallone. We've you know? seen him now. I think was Lethal Weapon two already out by the time this one. Yeah, I think so. You know, yeah. So we've seen him as a badass cop. You know, yeah. willing to do whatever it takes to uh, true stop the bad guys. So I think, and that was probably, and those were very popular films. I think, and and that was pretty fresh in people's minds. So I think the math on paper looked great. Mm -hmm. But uh, those films, I mean, he was great in those films. Those films were really buddy cop movies. Uh, mm -hmm. And you didn't have that dynamic. I mean, he had his team, but he didn't, you know, his, the closest thing he has to a partner gets killed relatively early in the film. And then the other two are kind of R2-D2 and C-3PO, really. I mean, mm -hmm. they're kind of sidekicks. Yeah, I guess, you know, you there's not really anybody else for him to play off of. 
right um as there is in the, 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 predator. the predator doesn't give you anything back right it's all the mask it's all the creature design which yeah fine in the first one but then when you start to expand the universe and you're like oh this is what their ships looks like and this is what other ones variations on that armor look like and you start to be like you know, this was designed because somebody thought this will look really cool, like the kind of fishnet thing it's got going on over its green skin and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that looks really cool when there's a, you know, when when the last fifteen minutes of the movie you really see the thing. Mm -hmm. But when you start to get into those mandibles and that weird vagina mouth, and it, it just it stops making any kind of sense. And if you look at it too long, you're just sort of like, who designed it? What, what went mm -hmm. into this design? You know, what are the function of those weird little fang bimbles that, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, yeah. look, it starts looking corny. Mm -hmm. I, in the second movie, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like the fact that they've made what, I don't know, five, six of them. Something like that now. And you don't plus the aliens versus predator movies. Prey doesn't really indulge in that. Prey doesn't no. he has a sort of a mask that's kind of some sort of animal skull amalgam. And you don't get any of that like crazy fang action, you know. Mm -hmm. It's that's not what this one's about. Yeah, they do have his mask off quite a bit in the you know, in the end of this. Um so I don't know, but one of the things that I think is funny is how they and they use it quite a bit in this one. Uh, I don't I don't think they used it as much in the original. I don't, I don't remember. But where he can he either records people or he can mimic their voice. And the thing that's funny about it is he will take uh you know, they're like little catchphrases and use them like against them as if, I mean, does he understand English? Does he know like what that is being said? I don't know. I don't know. What... <laughs> you know, now, Terminator <coughs> had had. Did they do that? And did Terminate? Did Arnold do that in Terminator? I know they use that mm -hmm. in too. I think in the first Terminator also. He used someone else's voice because that's. Yeah, because like he makes phone calls or something. And yeah. in, in the in the in T two they made use of that a lot, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that T two had come out yet by the time this one was made. I but don't... he's a robot, you know. Right. Excuse me. Sorry. Right, but I mean, in this film, that felt like a Terminator ripoff to me. Like, oh, yeah, because that's really cool mm -hmm. in the Terminator franchise. And this felt like, oh, what if the Predator did that too? And you're like, okay, that's cool. Why? Yeah, <laughs> you know, shut up. Don't worry about it. It'll be cool. You know, it's but just it's like to... like, hey, hey, Mister, want some candy? Like he's doing. Like he hears a kid. You know, and yeah, I why? But late in the film, what it, what is the thing that Danny Glover says? He's got some kind of, you know, it's it's know. like it's it's kind of like lethal weapon, like where I'm getting too old for this or whatever, but yeah. like whatever it is, he says yeah. something. Yeah. And when they're hanging off of the ledge, yeah. the predator says that back to him, like yeah. to make him mad or whatever, you know, yeah. it's just like, does the predator even understand what that means? <sighs> I don't know. They're at advanced. They have advanced technology. So maybe they understand. Yeah. And the, he's kind of in Terminator. It's used as a deceptive device, right? Mm -hmm. He calls the foster parents 
this is T2, calls the foster parents and uses their son's voice to be like, hey, where, you know, where are you right now? Or what is that mm-hmm. dog? Was Woofy's okay? You know, and it's a it's a tactic. It's a deceptive tactic. And this one, it's more of a taunt. Yeah. It's to like, because this, this isn't a seek and destroy. It's a hunt. And right. so when it's face to face, he uses these kind of samples to taunt Danny Glover or taunt his prey. Mm-hmm. Not, that didn't happen in the first one, did it? I don't remember that. Not that I remember. I don't know. Maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and watch the first one. I just don't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> or I would. They're fine movies, you know, but it's not like the and first some one of these things when it came out. I'm sure some of these questions and even like while I was watching it, I was thinking like somebody has probably answered all these questions, you know, because they've done Predator comic books and, oh, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So so I'm sure there's for people that really care, there's they delve really deep in all the yes. lore and all that kind of stuff. I don't I'm like you. I think these movies are fun to watch, but beyond that, I don't care about, you know. Right getting deeper into the backstory and all that. Um, I, I, one of the things that I think is, is at least with these first, okay, well not these first, but these first two movies and then also pray, uh, you know, they did the one predators, I think it's called where they go to the predator planet. I don't know if you ever saw that one or not. Lawrence Fishburne is in that. It's okay. You know, but, um, I Why? I think Why one of the go to the predator planet. I think they get um, it's like these criminals, and they're somehow the. It's like the I'm just going off of memory, but I I think it's like the the predators like abduct them or something. They like take these these people that are, and it's like they take them to their planet, and then they're going to hunt them there for whatever most reason. dangerous game. Yeah, most dangerous game kind of a thing. Um. But, uh, you know, I think as as so many movie villains are, I think with the Predator that you don't really want to know much about their, you, you don't really need to know their backstory. I mean, we don't need to see a movie where right. we see like baby Predators and stuff. You know what I mean? The Predator has a wife and like crap like that. You know what I mean? He's talking it's just, too, but they're Predators. Yeah. What's that? Look who's, Look who's talking, talking to you, yeah. but it's predators. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I think it's th- that they're kept pretty mysterious. You know, we don't really, they just go and hunt. We don't know where they come from. We don't know how any of the technology works or anything. All the technology is, is, is cool, you know, and I, I think that's, um, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't need to delve into, uh, you just kind of go with it and you know even if it doesn't make sense too much sense you know you don't want to scratch the surface too too much you know yeah i do i um, do unlike say the alien franchise which i think past the first one you know ridley scott really the question is sort of like so what's the deal with these xenomorphs? And Ridley mm-hmm. Scott's answer to that is they were they are creations. They're not like it's really this sort of creationism myth for him. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he had that 
when he made the first film, by the time he came to do Prometheus and whatever, when they said, do you want to revisit this universe? Then he was sort of like, oh, we can explore the architects, you know, and, and, and human religion and a higher power. And what, and what if these xenomorphs are, are the creation somehow? Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out, I mean, spoiler alert, but you know, that we create an AI. That's my favorite part of those things is Fastbender's David. I oh yeah. Love that character. Cause I'm so into that stuff. We mm-hmm. still have not talked to, we haven't done Ex Machina on this show yet, have we? No. And that's, I love that movie. And I love, yeah, me too. We should talk about that. Yeah, we should definitely do it. Anyway, uh, I was getting off on a tangent anyway. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, if you're, I would recommend this if you were into the franchise and, you know, you're, you haven't watched this 50 times and you're like us that saw it once and, maybe saw prey and thought well that's good i think predator 2 is worth a revisit yeah absolutely the same for me i i had a lot of fun with this and it's interesting to watch this back to back with prey because they're just so different yeah you know this is just this is just such a crazy you know frenetic movie kind of you know um and the dialogue in it is just that hard-boiled what they thought was you know how cool people talked and right this it's bonkers which that's a big thing that's different you know f- with prey is you don't really have that right for the most part you know yeah i guess you'd have a little bit with the male um native american uh guys but but yeah th- i mean this is again this is where you know predator 2 is one of the similarities to the first one because the first one had all the macho talk where you know they were trying to out macho each other and, yeah, and even were, on the yeah. set like arnold and and uh jesse ventura and those guys were like trying to their stories of them you know trying to out macho each, each other um one thing you you brought up the uh the reporter guy that that bill paxton goes yeah. after, and and I don't know if you recognize that guy or not, but um, he, he's a little bit kind of lost to history. I mean, younger people would have no idea who this guy is because he's been dead for quite a while. But that guy's name was Morton Downey or Morton Downey Jr. Do you remember him? Vaguely. So, so he was like a he was like a uh, well, even I don't know, kids maybe wouldn't know like what Geraldo Rivera used to be like. But he had this, you know, there were a bunch of these uh just really sleazy talk shows where they and even like oprah winfrey's oprah oprah winfrey's show kind of started out that way where they would just kind of have these freakish people you know on there and he was almost like borderline like uh i think almost a little bit like a rush limbaugh or something like that and he had this you know he was super controversial and had this big show for you know probably only lasted like a couple of years that that was popular but he they uh he did more than one thing where he kind of played that character but yeah. in, he he was on an ep- on a tales from the crypt episode that was the same kind of thing where he was this like sensationalist reporter guy going into a haunted house um it was and, uh, in the very early days of tab, what has become kind of tabloid, tabloid journalism, yeah, tabloid TV. Yeah. So he was kind of an interesting. And he, it felt very Fox News, very Tucker Carlson. Yeah. 
meets um Howard Stern like it right. was it was very uh sensationalist but he was always showing up and shoving a camera in someone's face and provoking them to try and re- yeah. reaction you know so now that's just standard operating procedure but i think but at the time it was a big you know it was really 80s, controversial yeah, and- it was like oh this is crossing all this is all the lines of propriety it's like have you no decency sir yeah 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 and like I say, he's just kind of a guy that's almost like lost to history because it's yeah. not like, you know, those are being replayed anywhere or anything right. like that. And he's been dead for he he died of cancer, I think, because he smoked on TV. That was one of the things like he was like smoking all through a show and everything. And so but uh, but yeah, that was kind of interesting that that guy was was in this. But but yeah, I um, so here we get into the thing of what. uh uh, what do you think are the best films kind of just talking about these three predator and prey and this one, I mean, well, it's hard to compare them because they're so different, but yeah. And I, I, again, I, we haven't gone back. I haven't watched predator again, mm-hmm. but I remember enjoying it as an entertainment. Um, but of, of predator two and prey, I, I'm leaning towards prey strongly. Um, and and it just feeling fresh is a big part of it. Like I just mm-hmm. think it's a really fresh take, and it's it takes itself seriously as a film. But it it there isn't um, it doesn't feel like it's got a lot of Hollywood spin on it or Hollywood no. pressure on it. It feels like yes, it's an action movie, and yes, there are some action tropes. Um. But I, you know, I, I, I like that it feels small and I like that it, it, um, explores one little facet, you know, sticking to the, the, the flintlock pistol. I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of a refreshing take on the idea that these aliens have been coming to our planet for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why why this thing would come to Earth in 1715 or whenever that was. Why it would wear different armor, why it would wear a bone mask. Like, that doesn't, again, it doesn't merit much thought. It doesn't sustain much thinking. Like, when you're like, well, I mean, I guess you could say on the one hand, they, it doesn't seem like the technology is all that different from as far as what it has um in the in prey or predator 2 it seems like kind of similar gadgets and stuff but you would also think you know if you think about our society how we've changed over 300 years that there would definitely be change in the way you know uh Maybe it's not even like a technological thing. Maybe it's just like a style or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't I like I'm I'm not I find myself not super interested in thinking about it that right. way. Right. I did find that prey was entertaining. So right now prey would be my top. It's probably uh, I mean, just better overall as a film, but I but I also felt like this was Predator 2 was really entertaining. Uh, it's I checked uh, Rotten Tomatoes and critics ratings. And I don't know if, you know, sometimes the 
when it's an older film, it will be the ratings from back in 1990. Uh, not necessarily now, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it was a 35% from critics and 44% from viewers. And a lot of times, you know, these kind of films, the critics will rate low, but, you know, it'll have a high rating from uh viewers and i i definitely think it's a lot better than 35 percent or 44 percent. i would you know? give it more than 35 too uh, yeah yeah i mean we review a lot of stinkers on here and... yeah i mean this is a well-made film you know it's there's definitely some corny elements to it but yes um but that's part of the entertainment for me yeah i don't i don't need a predator movie to not be corny um yeah you know what i mean again um, it's you know it's not shakespeare and uh, rather than play it on here, will you link to the uh, Gary Busey? Sure, yeah. In the comments or something, because I think that, that I got a kick out of that. And if people are yeah. listening, if want to click on that too, that would be yeah, it would be fun. Yeah, it's him saying what the film is about. Yes, which is, what, what is this about? And he goes on this rambling answer. <laughs> it's just like, what's happening? <laughs> but he's yeah. doing it with a straight face and those kind of Gary Busey dead eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> gosh he actually uh just like in the last week or so he had some controversy because i guess he like uh uh he was at some kind of a convention and i guess like groped a woman or something or allegedly and so he's enough that i mean it was bad and i guess like they press charges and the so he might be in trouble oh gary uh, <laughs> reel it in buddy yeah um, um chris and chris talk movies at gmail.com that's our handle uh you can email us you can find us on i guess the socials facebook and instagram YouTube. yep youtube and podcasts and like and subscribe and all of that good stuff please and thank you and comments are always welcome we love to hear from you and we love that you're listening. Maybe watching. What are we doing next time? I don't know. We haven't talked about it. I uh is we there anything? We had a list going there and we've caught up now. Um yeah, we might have to talk about it off off mic, but yeah. I don't know if there's anything you Yeah, and there's nothing right on the are top dying to watch. Nothing I'm dying to watch. Um oh, have you have you watched she hulk attorney at law at no all? no i'm really enjoying it it's is it good tatiana Maslan- i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing her name getting her name right i think it's tatiana Maslan. she was orphan black oh is the uh actor who's playing she hulk hulk and she, great comic timing you know great chemistry with mark it's only two episodes in but i don't watch every single uh metastases of the mcu but I was curious and I checked it out and I've watched the first two episodes now and it is fun. The CGI is bad. It's mm. weird. Uh, like they didn't because when she hulks out, she's like all CGI and mm-hmm. I find it distracting. I think it looks um, really cheap. Actually. I know that with the trailer, you know, people complained about that. And then there was some talk of all oh, they'll have this cleaned up by the time, you know, the the show actually comes out. But I don't know. I didn't see the trailer, but the it doesn't look 
you know, some like the cheaper CGI looks like they haven't run it through the pro as many um, renderings somehow. Mm -hmm. Like when you render a thing and you just do a quick render to see what it looks like. And then you do the full render that takes days or whatever like that. Then, then it looks really good. And this doesn't mm -hmm. look like they've spent the money on all the render time. That's somehow. the thing you wonder, like, is it just not, is it still not just not there yet? Or are they just being even with all the money that Disney has, are they just being cheap or what? You know, I don't, I, I, it's, I mean, I've seen better facial. Yeah. EGI. Um, so I know it's possible. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it costs twice as much or 10 times as much, or just takes too long maybe they're shooting it now and I, I don't know i don't know the answer to that i just as somebody that's sitting there that doesn't really know what's going on underneath the effect is a little disappointing because it looks like cgi from several years ago mm -hmm. uh, but the performances yeah. are still good and i used to i mean i read she hulk comics as a kid you know and she was part of the avengers at one point i think it's, you know. it's fun because yeah. this is not this is not something that she wants she doesn't want to be a superhero this is an inconvenience for her in her career she is mm -hmm. a very rising star of a lawyer and this happening to her derails that mm -hmm. so. and the hulk is smart too right yeah and it's a it's a funny show it's mm -hmm. a comedy. So yeah, it's a superhero comedy and you know, she throws cars around and stuff, but I think that's refreshing too, where it's not just like everybody's really deadly serious, but they're sure to throw in a few zingers and good jokes in there just to keep it light. This is, this a, is comedy. a straight up comedy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, I'm enjoying that so far. Did you finish uh, Sandman? Did you watch I all did. of it? Yeah, I did. I came around on that. The the, the pilot, because I had not read <laughs> the, the uh, graphic novel. The pilot, it was so CGI laden and it was mm -hmm. so, it felt like a, an adaptation of a graphic novel. <sighs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know that I'm on board, but. I heard from you and I heard from Travis and somebody else was like, Oh, you gotta, you know, there was buzz about it. People at, at work were like, well, I'm really into this show on Netflix called the Sandman. And I was like, well, so I started watching another episode and I got, by the time I got to the one where he goes to hell, I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. Like that. I thought that was a really fun episode. And I've only seen two. So I watched the pilot and then I skipped to the diner episode because i knew that one was kind of self-contained and i had i haven't read all of sandman because there's a bunch of volumes of yeah. it but i've read a lot of it and it's something you know i know it's just all a time thing but uh if you'd ever have a chance to read the the comics they're they're just fantastic mm -hmm. um and the diner episode as as messed up as it is, the the comic, um, there's some stuff that they didn't include in there that I'm not exactly sure why they cut it out, but um, the comic is one of the, and I didn't read these as a kid. I read these just like in the last five years. And the comic, that 
that issue about the diner is one of the most disturbing, yeah. most frightening things I've ever read, <laughs> you know, and in, in a comic form to scare you, I think is a real achievement, you yeah. know, cause it's just drawings and, yeah. you know, um, but uh, I, I mean, I think they did a good job with it in the, in the show, but it's almost one of those things where it's like, okay, it's, it would be impossible for this to live up to. Yeah. The, you know, the original, well, the, the episode on TV but, is pretty disturbing too. Oh yeah, it really is really dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, uh, I, I, uh, I need to jump off of here because I sure. have help with family duties. Yeah. So we'll think of we'll think we'll come up with something for the next episode. Yes, it'll and, be a surprise. Uh, it will be a surprise, and we hope that you will join us next time for whatever that show we discuss is. Um. Uh, if you have nothing else to add, I don't think so. And Chris and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.